0: Well, here we go. I feel like, uh, as I uh, mentioned or typed in the introduction or bio on this uh, podcast, uh, I feel like I'm the last person to do a podcast that has any radio or media or sports background. So we're going to give it a try. See how many people listen. If anybody listens, or it may just be me. Coming into my studio once a week, twice a week, and sitting down and talking to myself about sports, about what I want to talk about, and just hear myself talk. I don't know, but we'll give it a try. So, for those that do not know me, my name is Robbie Ross. Currently, I am the public address announcer at Paulson Stadium for Georgia Southern football. I am the public address announcer for Richmond Hill football. I host three coaches podcasts for nine one two sports, the Frederica Academy Night podcast, the Brantley County Heron Podcast, and the Richmond Hill High School Wildcat podcast. Done that for three years. Uh also I am an associate golf professional and golf services supervisor at Retreat Golf Course for the Sea Island Golf Club on St. Simon's Island. Uh, Let's see. Lots of radio experience since uh, 1995. Lots of football games I've worked either on radio or on the PA. Uh, Washington Wilkes High School. Madison County High School, Gainesville High School, Furman University, various high school uh, broadcasts around Southeast Georgia and the Augusta area as well. So lots of football experience, baseball, basketball, done soccer. Uh, Conference Carolinas, they're one of my uh, employers right now, too. I do the PA for all their, well, not all, basketball, softball, and soccer conference tournaments. My good friend, Brian Hand. Uh, who we may have as a guest on this show sometime. Uh, gets me those gigs. Um, you know, you talk about life in radio and and uh, football and sports and broadcasting and media, and it's really about the relationships that you build. And uh, just talking about Brian Hand uh, is a great example of that. We met when I was in Augusta doing uh, Augusta State uh, webcasting, basketball. I think I did some volleyball, too, which I, I've only done a few volleyball games. But um, met him. He was, the at the time, the uh, SID at USC Aiken. Met him while I was covering the Masters for WLOV uh, radio station in Washington, Washington Wilkes. And kept in touch, kept in touch. He moved on to Spurs and Feathers, a uh, publication of South Carolina Gamecocks. So I would then have him on my show in Washington, um, you know, during football season once a week to talk SEC football. He then moved on uh, to UNC Asheville and then uh, to the SID for the Conference of Conference Carolinas. So it's all about relationships and keeping in touch and, and even though you uh, you know you, you live far away sometimes you still keep in touch with these folks and uh, you know if you need a broadcast done or uh, an event ad- announced public public address announced you need a PA guy you know i'm not scared to hop in the car and drive uh anywhere in the southeast to to do a game it's it's kind of what we do it's kind of fun like that and um i'm not i'm not afraid to do it uh, driving to you know Statesboro six times in the fall, driving to Richmond Hill six times in the fall. Um, so it's just kind of you know kind of what broadcasters do on this level. Anyway, uh, when you're not Jim Nance or or Joe Buck or those guys, uh, you, you you do a lot of drive time, and um, I'm sure we'll get into um, my years on the Furman Sports Network, twenty years doing football, some basketball, some baseball, some soccer. Um and I'm sure we'll as this podcast progresses, I'm I'm sure a, a guest or two will pop up along the way um in that aspect of my life with the with the Furman Radio Network. Uh but a lot of those relationships we I still have. And uh the road trips driving up and down the roads to football and basketball and baseball games are some of the some of the most fun memories um that you acquire in this business. It's not really the games it's it's getting there and getting getting home from and and things of that nature. but this week, this first episode is we're fresh off week one of the n f l fresh off week two of college football um on the cusp of what could be the most interesting uh presidents cup i think in in golf um maybe the biggest blowout um uh, but may, definitely the maybe the most tumultuous um as well with all that's going on with the pga and the live and and things of that nature so a lot going on in the world of sports. first thing that that you know I wanted to to mention um, in that aspect, talking about the NFL. I saw a tweet this afternoon um, that I felt was very interesting that you know, everybody, uh, especially in the South, loves college football. Well, not drop my phone. I'll do that a lot, probably. Uh, loves college football and college football is great. I loved it. I was on my back porch all day Saturday from noon until Georgia Southern won against Nebraska, and that that last kick missed. That's why my voice is kind of hoarse. Uh, I I got excited Saturday night um, while, when when Georgia Southern won that game. College football is great. College football is fantastic. We have weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, and we're going to have more weeks, I think, uh, coming up when they expand it to 12, which I have mixed emotions on, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure, as we get into this thing. Um, but one thing jumped out at me. The NFL uh, is still king nationwide. Nationwide, the NFL is still king. 25 million people watched the Sunday night game between the Cowboys and the Bucks, And in comparison to the national championship game last year of Alabama and Georgia, 22 million people watched that. So that tells me that the NFL is still king. There's no doubt about it. It is a monster, and it is rolling, and is a machine. And nationwide, College football still is in the rearview mirror a little bit of the NFL. Is that always the case in the South and the Southeast? Probably not, but I didn't have that sample set of numbers. I just had a large nationwide sample set, and I found that to be interesting. And so with that being said, we moved to the first week of the NFL, and I'm trying this year something something new. I'm trying to focus more and stay more uh, on a week-to-week basis, Um, on a week-to-week basis, more involved and stay up on the happenings of the NFL. Um, I'm always all in, like week one, Week two, maybe, but when you get to week three and week four, my interest kind of wanes, and then I'll ramp back up towards the end of the regular season and and headed to the playoffs. But I'm going to try my best to make a a concerted effort to... Keep up every week and i'm i'm I have a fantasy league team for the first time in a couple of years that I'm invested in because it's with coworkers and seems to be a little you know heated i'm not gonna say heated uh some talk back and forth so far, so I think that will help as well and um one thing top of the top of the list here the Atlanta Falcons are still the Atlanta Falcons um I did not get to watch the Atlanta Falcons game. And that is a point of contention also that leads and lends to my maybe waning interest uh during the continuation of the NFL football season based is based on where I live. Now I do I work Sundays at the golf course. So I cannot justify Spending whatever amount of money it costs, 300-something dollars, to get the NFL ticket. I'll say that. And I've always lived in the Falcons coverage area. So I did not have to worry about not being able to watch the Falcons play. Moved down here to Southeast Georgia, St. Simons Island, for some unknown reason, for some reason, The entire state of Georgia is not an Atlanta Falcons, and we're not an Atlanta Falcons market, even though we are in the state of Georgia. Yes, I know we're closer to Jacksonville than we are to Savannah, but not by much. But that's still no excuse that two counties or three counties down to two counties, Glynn County and Camden County, and maybe clinch to the, to the west of Camden. There's no excuse that three counties in the entire state of Georgia are not in the Atlanta Falcons' footprint when you get them on television. So I will say that the fact that being in a Jacksonville Jaguars coverage area does contribute to my lacking interest in the NFL season, year long as a whole, because I don't care anything about watching the Jacksonville Jaguars play the Indianapolis Colts. Sorry, doesn't interest me. I don't have any interest in watching the Jags play anybody. And so when they're on TV, that means we don't get anything else until four o'clock. And sometimes, you know, the Falcons are not always playing at four o'clock. Very rarely do I get a Falcons game. So that's my beef that the entire state of Georgia, I feel like should be in the Atlanta Falcons footprint because we are in the state of Georgia where the Atlanta Falcons are. The Jaguars are of course in the state of Florida. Anyway, I followed the Falcons on the ticker on my phone while the Jags were on and the, who else did we have early? I think we had oh, Patriots and dolphins. Don't care to watch that either. So there were two games at 1 o'clock that I didn't really care about. So I didn't really get serious about watching football Sunday until the 4 o'clock window, where we got some good games. Falcons had, what, a 20, I think 26 to 10 lead at one point. 23 to 10, or 20, yeah, 23 to 10. And they could not hold on. It's 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 just unbelievable. I mean, ever since that fateful February day in two thousand seventeen, things have gone downhill. Bears and Niners. I almost uh, pulled the trigger on the money line on that one. Did not did not see that coming. I think the Niners kind of went away from things. The Niners. I do have Debo Samuel on my fantasy league team. So I was happy to see that he scored. And I'm not really sure why they went away from that. They scored the first 10 points of the game and then got outscored 19 to nothing in the third and fourth quarter. So I'm not really sure why they went away from Debo Samuel. It seems like that was working. I know it was pouring down rain in Chicago. Steelers and Bengals almost tied, I think. But uh, Steelers got that one. Eagles. My quarterback is Jalen Hurts. Kind of went out on a limb on that, I feel like. Kind of went out on a limb. Um, But it worked out this week anyway. It'll be interesting to see um, how that works next week when, let's see who I'm playing. Oh, he's got Aaron Rodgers. Well, that'll work out because Jalen Hurts had, but but also the Packers are playing angry and playing Chicago, so that's not a good... Uh, recipe for my team. Dolphins and Patriots. I don't care anything about the Dolphins or the Patriots. I don't. I don't like watching games in Miami. It's too sunny. Football's not supposed to be so sunny. I've always thought that. San Diego. Seems it's like it's too sunny there to watch football and hot. I'd much rather watch cold football. Maybe that's another reason why I pick back up later on in the season. Ravens, Jets. You know, the Jets. Poor guys. The Jags seem to have the Falcons' mentality or Falcons' um, affliction of blowing leads late. Browns and Panthers. Panthers had that one, and the Browns came down and took it. And then there was a tie between the Colts and the Texans. I don't understand why a game can end in a tie. Giants were upset. Giants beat the Titans. Um, And then I, I was very interested to watch the Chiefs and Cardinals, Patrick Mahomes. It's very, very good. Just, that's th- this just in one of those things. Uh, Chargers Raiders. That wasn't on my TV, so I didn't see it. And then the Bucks and Cowboys, nineteen to three. Bucks dominated that game. Cowboys are never in it. Cowboys are going to struggle again. You know, everybody thinks about the Cowboys and those rings they won. It was what's well, twenty six years ago now. Twenty six years ago since the Cowboys won a championship. Nineteen ninety six. Twenty six years ago. It's crazy. And then last night the Seahawks and the Broncos um listen to that on the radio coming back from playing golf. On the ocean course, which was a fantastic experience. If you have not ever played the ocean course, um I, w- I would highly recommend it. It is very hard. Um Physically and a very challenging golf course, beautiful, lush, but uh, there's a reason why it's one of the hardest golf courses in America. Um, but it was fantastic. Shot 87. Didn't play well. My swing's a mess right now. But that's the, <laughs> that's a topic for another day. Uh, the college football season. As I said, we are in week two, and how exciting! Is it the Georgia Southern got a win at Nebraska? The Clay Helton era is off to a 2-0 start. Um, still some things to work on, obviously, uh, but the offense is 150% more effective than this time last year. Bringing in Kyle Van Trees was fantastic by Coach Helton. And... The running game seemed to be more open against Nebraska with Jalen White and Gerald Green than it was all of last year running a run based offense like the the option out of the wish uh, out of the out of the pistol or whatnot. I found that to be, uh, you know, I thought that I didn't expect <laughs> I didn't expect those runs. I don't think Nebraska expected those runs. Um. Also, last week, Appalachian State and Marshall getting wins. I'm telling you, folks, the Sun Belt East is top to bottom, maybe. And I know that I'll probably get some pushback on this if anybody's listening and has listened this long. What are we in? We're in uh, minute 18, which I didn't know. I don't know how long I'm going to go. But I'm telling you, the Sun Belt East top to bottom, I think, is the toughest division in any conference in America. I know everybody wants to say the SEC West. I know everybody wants to say the SEC East or so the SEC as a whole, but top to bottom, there's not a night off in the Sun Belt East. There is not a night off. You have App, Coastal, Marshall, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, who has um, – who gave North Carolina all they wanted, gave South Carolina all they wanted. Georgia State is the best, probably the best 0-2 team in the country right now. The best 0-2 team in the country. They had North Carolina on the ropes. They, If they hadn't given up two block punts for touchdown to South Carolina, they would have won that in Columbia. Old Dominion goes on the road to beat Virginia Tech. App State did what App State did. Marshall did what Marshall did. James Madison's outscoring people 107 to 14 in their first two games as an FBS member. Georgia Southern beat Nebraska, beat Morgan State. Has a tough UAB team this week. Coastal Carolina had to survive to beat Gardner-Webb, but top to bottom there's not a night off in the S in the Sun Belt East. There's not a night off. There's a couple of nights off in the SEC East. Missouri is uh, atrocious. Vandy is Vandy. South Carolina, the book is still out there. Florida, Kentucky, Georgia, Tennessee, not in that order, are very good. Florida, I think, came down to to earth a little bit. We're still not so sure how good Utah is, so we don't know how good that win is. SEC West, AM, and and Bama, they're two best teams going into the year, almost. Bim almost suffered a loss, and then they were going to have to win the, win out to get to the playoffs. A&M's going to have to win out to get to the playoffs. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Auburn, you know, the SEC West is good, but I'd, I'd say top to bottom, week in, week out, the Sun Belt East is the toughest league in, division in any league in the country. And I'll stand by that. I'll stand by that. ACC, Clemson. I'm not sure about Clemson. Furman up. Furman put more yards on him. Congratulations to Clay Helton. had a good we had a good good showing against Clemson. I mean Clay Hendricks, Clay Helton, Clay Hendricks, both the Clays that I that I follow. Uh, Clay Hendricks, and uh, this week Furman and 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 uh, East Tennessee State battle. Um, battle of student versus teacher, kind of, but good friends facing off. Uh, A couple of years ago, when I worked for ESPN Coastal and Southern Pigskin, I wrote an article uh, the first time that Clay Hendricks faced Bobby Lamb at Mercer about two good friends facing off against one another. Former teammates, high school teammates, college teammates, coached together and then they faced off uh, when Bobby was at Mercer and Clay in his first year as a head coach at Furman. Same type situation. George Quarles, the head coach at East Tennessee State, played with Clay Helton, not in high school, or Clay Hendricks. I can get that wrong. (laughs) That's going to be a common occurrence probably. Clay Hendricks, not in high school, but Clay and George played for Furman, uh, won a national championship. Um, No, no. Played for a national championship in 85, didn't win it. Um, Bobby Lamb was on the staff in 88. Clay, I think, was still in NC State. George was not on the staff. But then when Clay took the job um, after the uh, after Bruce Fowler was let go in uh, 2014, Clay Hendricks came in and took the job, brought in George Quarles, who was a very successful high school coach, in the state of Tennessee, I think, won 11 state championships in 13 years. Something silly. Something silly like that. Um. So, this week, it's it's the reverse. Uh, Clay Hendricks coached under Bobby, and then it was the uh, – he was the student against the teacher. And now this Clay or Clay coached with George Quarles, who at East Tennessee State took his job, took the first uh, – his first year. And it'll be Clay – Hendrick's going to uh, take on East Tennessee State and George Quarles this weekend, Furman and uh, East Tennessee State. So that'll be on my radar anyway. Um, looking at the schedule coming up, not that many good games this weekend. Florida State and Louisville on Thursday night, Air Force in Wyoming. And then uh, Georgia and South Carolina, the noon game, the former Jefferson Pilot noon game. In Columbia, Yukon and Michigan, Oklahoma, Nebraska. Um, of course, Scott Frost, as everyone knows, no longer the head coach at, at Nebraska. Kentucky, Youngstown, that's a layup. No games between ranked opponents. Well, excuse me, I take that back. BYU's at Oregon. Oregon barely in the rankings, or 25th. Appalachian State opens the Sun Belt against Troy, 330. Georgia Southern on the road against UAB at 330. Louisiana Monroe at Alabama. Liberty at Wake. Mississippi State and LSU could be interesting to see how things topple out there in the SEC West. And that's really it. I mean, Charlotte and Georgia State. Georgia State should get their first win there. South Florida at Florida. I don't think Florida leaves the swamp for like two months. Louisiana Tech and Clemson. Miami and Texas A&M, that's another ranked game I missed. That should be kind of interesting. Game day was going to be there. But game day now moving to Appalachian State after they beat Texas A&M. That's kind of interesting in the late game for all you late night owls who needs a comeback game to bet on Duquesne at Hawaii. Yes. Duquesne at Hawaii, Eastern Michigan, at Arizona state, North Dakota state at Arizona. Here's one 11 o'clock North Dakota state. They have one. Six straight against the FBS. They are still in FCS, obviously. Number one team in the country. They've won, I don't know how many national championships now. I lost count. But they go to Arizona at 11 o'clock Saturday night. That'll be interesting to see how that shakes out, if they can win their seventh game in a row against FBS competition. Um. So, yeah, there's 26 minutes of this first episode. And I'm not sure what will come of it. Um, but hey, I've had fun sitting here talking. Uh, if you have questions or comments for me, please leave them uh, below wherever you found this podcast. I'm going to try to get it to everywhere where people listen to podcasts like Apple and Spotify and all that. And I, I'm linking it to my Twitter. So, oh, wait, 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 wait. I can't go away yet. I can't go away yet. I didn't even talk about the Braves. How did I get 27 minutes into this thing and not talk about the Braves? Oh, mercy. Braves have lost three in a row. It's crazy. I think that the only two times the Braves have had three-game losing streaks this year or after they took, got within a half game last time in the Mets and then took the half game lead this time, they then promptly lose lose three in a row. And, you know, last um, Monday night or Sunday night, Sunday afternoon was, was crazy. Kenley Jansen, yes, Brian Snicker, I know. Kenley Jansen leads the league and saves. Yes, I know. That is your standard answer every time he blows a save. But he's also blown three of his last seven attempts. And it's getting out of hand. And those are three games that we needed. Those are three games that had we won those three games, we would be more, we would be in the, you know, not a game and a half back. Excuse me. Not a game and a half back. Let's say I'm pulling it up right now. We would be 90 and 54, and we'd be a full game up at this point had Kenley Chanson converted on the three of the seven that he's blown. And these next two games in San Francisco – are very, very important because the Mets are playing the Cubs. I mean, we have drawn the short end of the stick when it comes to scheduling. I mean, we play the Hot Mariners. Now we're playing the Giants. And then we come home and we face the Phillies, who are still battling for a wild card spot and have the next best record in the National League behind us, although nine games behind us. So we come home for the Phillies and the Nats, but that should be fine. Then we go to Philadelphia and Washington before the Mets come to Atlanta the last three home games of the year. So, and conversely, the Mets have the Cubs right now, which is, you know, well, the Cubs are winning as I'm recording this. I'm recording this on Tuesday night. But, you know, Braves have Kyle Wright going tonight. You would hope that's a win, get him his 18th win of the year, give him a chance for 20 in the next couple of weeks. Would be a nice little surprise. We've got to get a win and keep the heat on these Mets and and just kind of piece it together. Ozzie Albee should be back, but where do you put Vaughn Grissom? I hope he can play left field. I hope he can play left field. Because Osuna is not the answer out there. Not the answer at the plate, not the answer in the field. He's a liability. Hopefully, Grissom can play left field when Ozzy gets back. That uh, remains to be seen. But, I mean, hopefully that is the case. So, if you're interested in high school football, go over to 912 Sports and listen to my podcast with Frederica Academy, Coach Brandon Derrick, Didn't do a Brantley podcast this week with Jeff Cannon because uh, they were off. And uh, my Richmond Hill podcast with Coach Matt Lizotte. Richmond Hill plays New Hampstead Friday at home. I'll be up there for that one. Frederica Academy goes on the road to take on John Millage Academy, who has just dominated for the last three years, four years. They've won 39 games in a row. So, Coach Derek has his work cut out for him uh, up there. And then Saturday, be here to watch football. And Sunday. Although, I'll be at work. <clears throat> so, I hope you enjoyed it. If you got this far, great. If not, I understand. And we'll be back again. I don't know when. couple days, if something happens. There's really no timeline on how... Frequent or infrequent, I'll do these. Um, but we'll see as sports happens, I'll be in here. This is Robbo's World. I'm Robbie Ross. Thanks for listening.